This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I am your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so excited to introduce to our audience today a truly global guest. This is Gareth Fox and Gareth joins us all the way over in Chicago, although he is a Manc, born and bred. So we're going truly global with this. Gareth is the VP for Midwest and West Coast for Finley James, who everyone knows if you follow me on social media, one of our clients over here in Manchester and London. Welcome to you today, Gareth. How are you? Very well, Alicia. Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, I've invited you on here today to talk about something that we're both very passionate about, and we've just talked off camera about this particular topic. But I would like to talk about some context as to why I've invited you on to talk about this today. We're going to talk okay. about leadership and what qualities make a good leader. So recruitment is a meritocracy, ultimately. You know, you started in the business over in Manchester, and you're now the vice president over in Chicago. So just talk us through a potted history of how you've achieved this incredible career. So far. Uh, yeah. So obviously I kind of got introduced into Finley Jane's by a couple of people that already work there. <clears throat> uh, me uh, and obviously the Mr. Nick guy who lives out in, in New York for us now. He used to compare pay slips. And I think after 12 months time, his was far, far exceeding mine, which would <laughs> kind of turn my head. So and I also kind of knew Finlay James wanted to move to the States. So I thought this could be a good opportunity to, to kind of get in. But um, yeah, went in at the ground floor um worked in a team I, I don't even think I built for four months initially and I'm thinking uh, is recruitment for me at the age of 27 um but obviously things just started to fall into place stuck to the process met, you know made the dials did the calls and you know from from there build I think started building quite comfortably by seven months made my first hire um I'd previously managed 10 managers in 87 staff in a car finance automotive startup and mm -hmm. um, so basically my leadership quality started to shine through and it went from hiring one to hiring I think I think I inherited a team of five um uh, performing but uh, potentially unhappy people let's just say and yeah we, we kind of ended up growing out a division that absolutely killed it one year so the reason I got to the states is we built out a US focused team mm -hmm. We had a European focus team uh, and the US focus team obviously absolutely obliterated it. And it was like, can, can you go and replicate this in the US? And I'm here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I started in San Francisco. Unfortunately, COVID, uh, you know, COVID put, put that to a head. Uh, we were going to move to either Austin or Chicago. And I chose Chicago just because it felt like Manchester. Austin was a little bit too hot for me, Alicia. <laughs> you see, you can take a monk out of Manchester, but you can't ever remove that weather climate that we're all used to. A little bit. <laughs> I need them four seasons. I need to be wearing my parkas, you know. <laughs> oh, four seasons in one day. As we record this, now, it's sunny, hot, snow, rain, and all sorts. 
I'm sure it's going to be a much nicer day in Chicago. I love, I love your um, really candid introduction there. And, and actually, I've just really picked up on something, the fact that you didn't build for the first, first four months and that you were thinking is recruitment f- for me. I did exactly yeah. the same thing in my early career. And I think that it shows real self-awareness. And I think yeah. it allows you to understand who you are as a sort of how resilient you are as a person. So I love it's to share tough. that. Hmm? Yeah, I mean, I mean, literally when you're 27, I think I was, was it 27? Yeah, I'm 33 now, five years. So 27, but I, I was joining with grads. Yeah. And grads are doing deals. I'm like, I've been in sales for 10 years. I'm like, I pulled John, John in the office. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? It's like absolutely nothing. He's like, it's just not happening. Like, it's literally just not happening. So, obviously, stuck at it, and I'm, I'm glad I did. And the other point that I really picked up on there was that you stuck to the process. And again, I think this will yeah. to what we're going to talk about. That actually, the the what we do as recruiters, it doesn't matter if you're listening to this and you are you're placing chefs or lawyers or doctors or or drivers, HGV drivers. Yeah. yeah. Process, and if you follow that process you will have an outcome. It's as simple as that. And sometimes it takes a bit of time to get there, but eventually you'll build, build the pipeline to it. So I'm really pleased that you said that. So yeah. you're, you're obviously now running the, the office over in Chicago. And in terms of yes. culture, how, how different is it from a recruitment perspective? Um, more, I'd say more to the point. I mean, kind of went like, when you're headhunting, yeah, I mean, it's like a bang, introduce yourself and you just need to jump in. Um, I would say the the market is good but i don't, I don't I, they actually appreciate getting called the cold call whereas when you when you work in well we work in tech obviously so most of our companies our clients are in london mm-hmm. and because it's such a condensed population mm-hmm. you know a lot of people don't appreciate the cold call or the reach out whereas most sales people out here sales is seen as a positive career out here yeah. you know and it's like do you know what thanks for picking up the phone most recruiters just send an email you know what I mean so I mean I think from that perspective um, from a headhunting perspective obviously it's de- it's most definitely different from a, a staffing perspective yeah I mean obviously I've had my highs and lows I've had that you know I've I have uh, you know had my successes but I've also had my upset so I've had to kind of learn the easy way and the hard way uh, I am a big character uh, I can sometimes be say things out of turn without so I'll speak without thinking so yeah, I, I mean, it, it's dif- different sense of humor, but there is also kind of a line where you can kind of both meet and it, you, you will be able to build a solid culture. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit, it's a, a, a tad different, not not greatly. <laughs> no, I'm sure, just so, like you say, home from home, that's why you chose your yes. And actually, yeah. if we talk about the qualities that make a good leader... You've just said something about yourself there, and that you, you know, you basically say things as they are. You, you start, you yeah. Across, I mean, anyone that's either watching or listening that doesn't know you yet, and I'm hoping people will go and look at your profile. You are literally, you know, as straight as they come. You know what? I yeah. Think you pro- on your profile, no nonsense, isn't it? So Correct, yeah. actually, is is there? A, I mean, you, your career prior to recruitment, you know, you ran a huge team by the sounds of it, but quite a young yeah. age, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So what do you think are the generic qualities, but also from your own experience of being led by obviously, you know, previous leaders, but also how you lead now, what do you think would be a good sort of list of, of qualities that we need to look at if we're considering what makes a good leader? We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. 
Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot that you, you need to have to become full circle, I personally think, or my opinion. I mean, the, the, the immediate one is a lot of selflessness. Mm. There can be no hidden agendas. Um, it, it's just work for me. You know, obviously, at the end of the day, you, you've got to make sacrifices in terms of time, effort, energy, um, mm. your own billings to some extent, if you want to be, I would say, a, a successful leader. Yeah. Um, very attentive. No one makes them laugh. No one makes them cry. No one makes them perform. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very firm but fair, but as, as you picked up on, I'm kind of no nonsense. I'll say it as it is. Some people like that, unfortunately, has got me into trouble. But I'm very honest when I interview. That's the that's that is my leadership style. Mm -hmm. I try and make it as jovial as possible. But you know, if, if things aren't going right, you will know about it. <laughs> <laughs> we we will have that conversation yeah definitely um but then again just other things to add never ask them to do something you wouldn't do yourself um pace set uh, but again it's something i actually think you cannot be taught leisha is and people may disagree with me here but is emotional intelligence you either got it or you ain't um and i think if you can read a room and see kind of what's going on and even nip it in the bud or rescue that person before, you know, what you foresee coming happens, then I think that's just uh, probably the best quality a leader can have. And if you've got it, you just need to... I, I realised I had it when I had so many staff and I knew it was going right or wrong and I just basically took advantage and thought, I'm getting more joy of seeing other people succeed. So instead of taking the route of being top one, two, three seller, I chose to take the kind of the leadership route and, and get my my kicks from that basically. It's actually a really, really good point. And I, I you know, I've obviously interviewed over a hundred guests now for the podcast, which is incredible. All leaders from across the recruitment industry and beyond, actually, from industry as well. And we we've talked about emotional intelligence a few times. I've had a psychologist on, for example, but actually yeah. and, and a good leader will pick up on something before that person even knows either it's an issue or it's something that needs to be focused on. You know, if you know someone who has previously been all guns blazing and they suddenly go really quiet and they've got their head down and they're not making the calls. An intuitive, emotionally intelligent leader will pick up on that before it becomes an issue. Yeah, I mean, literally, I wouldn't say so much in Finley James, but I mean, in Finley James too, but literally I would be like, payday, X, Y, Z, they're gone. Like, and 99% accuracy, I would say. It's just, you can just pick up on the, uh, on the emotions. Wow, gosh. So you're actually, uh, you can see the future. We'll have to get your crystal okay. ball. <laughs> <laughs> I I've not won the lottery yet, but no, yeah, you know I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bad. I 
think you're right because I think that there's been so much talk around how people should lead, especially for the last 18 months. You know, like I said, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts of leadership as well, the high performance podcast, and Darius of a CEO, to, to name a few other, you know, recruitment, a resilient recruiter. And there's so many things that get talked about, but actually, those are behaviors, none of those behaviors can be taught. All those behaviors are not necessarily unique to somebody, but it's about understanding to bring out the best in people, isn't it? Yeah. At this point, and I think it comes back to this kind of you, what you see is what you get. Yeah, and absolutely. That covers what you said. You know, there's nothing that you would ask them to do that you wouldn't do yourself. Correct. Come and see me. So I imagine it creates a very transparent, loyal culture, actually. Having I, a little bit I, of- I would say I've got a core four right now. Um, but again, we, we've had to the point where I was in San Francisco and I interview how I you know, I'd behave in the office and I think one of the feedback was is that was the most unprofessional interview I've, I've ever had. And it's like, that's one person in 50 people I've interviewed. You know, look, if you don't like the way that I interview, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to like the way that I, that I lead in the office and get the best out of my team. But absolutely. Yeah. What, what you see is what you get. Um, I'm pretty sure my staff, you know, respect that. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. You've got, a, you've got a wonderful reputation externally and internally. So I want to pick up on something else that you said there. So you have this kind of, pivotal moment where you thought right which way do I go do I go top lead the board all the way you know you've already yeah you make loads of money you want to go down the leadership route so do you think that there is um, a disconnect between somebody that is a top biller becoming a top leader because generally speaking those who are top billers maybe don't want to let go of the revenue yeah create so you know I think that's something that I've observed. I've seen some exceptional leaders who have been top billers. We can analogy of footballers, can't we? You know, the best goal scorer, do they make the best football manager? But what's been your experience or what have you seen? And, and not just in recruitment, actually. If you, if you talk yeah. To clients, uh, just chat, chat leaders. Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now, they teach it all to you over an eight-week course in the Hoxhoe Academy. I actually completed the Hoxhoe Academy in the very height of covid and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com, or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of experience, I think the answer is yes and no. It it certainly is possible. I just think there's there's that much of a a time sacrifice needed to invest in the staff to be that good leader. You probably need to lose some of some. Because to be a top biller, I mean, you you pretty much become a recluse, right? I mean, you've got to you've got to kind of, and that's in any industry. I mean, one of the the best salespeople I've ever met is a guy called Jamie. And they kept trying to push him to be a leader. And he's like, literally, I just want to come in, do my job, go home. And he was always the highest earner in the business, you know, with, without fail. So I think it's down to the individual. Are they willing to, to, to basically be give some of that selflessness to be a top biller and maybe shave 20K off their earnings? Or do they just want to be number one? Mm-hmm. So is it possible? Yes. But they probably be working twenty four hours a day. <laughs> I, I, it, it's I've, I've just I've just not seen it personally in recruitment. Um, yeah. That's probably the fairest comment to make. It, I think it, obviously the it, and I've seen like people try to become even in Manchester. You know, we've had I can count on my hand now. You know, two or three people who did take a team and then they just went. I just I just want to concentrate on my own billings. You know, I'm not earning as much money. I'm not enjoying it. And they just they just look after number one, and you know they, they've had phenomenal years this year. So it, I think you have to to, to pick one or the other. Yeah, but but that's yeah. actually be with an employer that allows you to switch if you need to, which is you know obviously fantastic. Yeah, when the yeah, of course, yeah. But the, that learning curve that you referred to earlier on in the interview about the first four months, you know, that steep learning curve going to becoming a, a billing a billing leader is the yeah. steep learning curve of all. And I've said that for many many years that. People do struggle with it because it's the balance of still maintaining your own pace, but and being you know very aware of the time management of how you're going to have to split your time and not compromising on either. So I think it's really interesting that you picked up on that and you've you've done so I think very diplomatically um, and fairly. I think it's fair, very fair observations. I think you know we're not saying it's one size fits all, but you know if you're listening to this as a leader and you're looking at your top biller thinking I just want to replicate what you do. <laughs> Um, yeah i mean the, the people do i mean they, 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 obviously our top biller most definitely earned more money than me this year but i mean i would, would i have got my kicks from, from from doing that no because i enjoy you know i've, I've rookie i had rookie of the year this year do you know what i mean yeah. jesus i was like yeah do you know what i mean it's just little little wins like that um you know president's club in the first year that's where I get my thrives. Don't don't get me wrong, I mean, I give my contribution. I'm not. I'm never. I've not been the top player in Finn and James, but you know, I've been top three. I just enjoy seeing other people succeed. But that's that, that that's that's my personality. And that's, so I think to summarise what you're saying, I think one of the most important qualities is that altruistic. You know, bigger picture. Someone that yeah. wants the better good of the company or the or the team or the practice, whatever it might be. Um, and if you are as a leader listening to this, thinking, well, you know, there's, there's, there's James over there. He, I don't know why we're picking on the name Jamie, but there you go. Uh, you know, he's making X amount more than anybody else. You don't need to put them in a leadership role if they don't want that. What you do is you, yeah, yeah, you create like a champion role. You know, have workshops, watching what he does. You know, break it down so that it's not taken away from his time. That's a really great, great. Of course. Role. One of the other reasons I wanted to invite you on is because you have made the move and as the world opens up again, which I'm hoping from 2022 and beyond will become a reality for a lot of recruiters, particularly those like you who don't have any sort of commitments of family and in the UK holding them back now, what would you say are the biggest um, considerations for anyone thinking about moving overseas and what are the potential downsides, but also the potential gains from staying in the UK? 
Uh, staying in the UK or staying in the US? Well, I'm not just moving. I'm saying if I was thinking now about do I stay here in the UK or do I go abroad? What would you say the consideration? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wish I would have done it while I was younger. Um, I know that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it is a different walk of life. It's a different pace of life. That it, it, especially if we're talking, let's say, recruitment specific. As you can imagine, one state is the size of England. So you've got a much greater playing field. So, you know, the, you can hit pretty much any market anywhere. So I'd say from that perspective. But notice periods of two weeks instead of four weeks, you get your commission sooner. Um, and the lifestyle is great. I mean, you, literally, you can jump on a plane and be in a different state, which is like a, a being in a different country within an hour. You can travel internally pretty easily, which is to be fair, been a highlight during COVID with not being able to get home. I've still managed to cover quite a few states. Oh, great. So I would say, yeah, I would say um, if you get the opportunity as a young recruiter, you know, and they want to ship you somewhere and, you know, you haven't got those ties or commitments, uh, take the leap sooner rather than later and, and don't second guess yourself. I love it. I think that's great experience, just general life experience. And you're, you're still very young, let me tell you. Anyone that's... Yeah. Here, is sat there shaking her going, you're not old. Yeah. Um, I agree. Pitfalls being there, sorry, Alicia, to cut you off, would be, you know, family, of course. Yeah, I mean, family, um, it's difficult, FaceTime all the time, especially with the borders being short. Yeah. And initially building that network of, of, of friends. So unless you go out with two or three colleagues at the start, which not every company does, no. you're spending a lot of time hanging around in Irish bars, trying to build network, watching sports and stuff like that. So it's not all doom and gloom, but, you know, San Francisco is a slow burner. Mm. Um, but then uh, Chicago, obviously, unfortunately, I met some people through the recruitment network and then it's just snowballed from there. So, yeah, I'd say that's... You've got to be willing to put yourself out there, but as a recruiter, you should be uh, pretty outgoing anyway. I would say. And and another high, which I believe from speaking to other people, is that you you that the the rates are much higher over there. The fees that you charge. Yeah, charge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you, you sal the salaries are higher, so naturally, even if you're getting pushed down to twenty five, twenty percent, if you're placing somebody at one four, you're still getting a twenty eight k fee. So yeah. Yeah. definitely higher I think I, I actually the year before I moved out here personally I think I made the most placements ever and it, is, it was just nowhere near to, to to kind of the revenues I'm bringing in now it's crazy so if people are listening and you're sat in a saturated market and you're working bloody hard it might be time to think about a market where it's you know that it's just mind-blowingly bigger isn't it it's insane You've just got, and you've got to be willing, if you're going to do it from the, the UK, so obviously we started from the UK to build the US presence. Yeah. You've got to be willing to, 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 to do the hours. If that means starting a little bit, bit later in the day, yeah. I didn't obviously because I had a U, U, European team as well. So it was kind of 6am get ups, office 6.30, still making calls to America at 11, but that's how I got here. But that's, and again, that, that's been a consistent message all the way through this interview, Gareth, and that if you put the calls in and you do the work, you'll get the results. Yeah. That yeah. Easy win. And I think that that's a real caveat for any, you know, more junior recruiters listening. There are no shortcuts to success. That's You're definitely not. something I've taken. You've been an absolute delight. I hope you have a great day ahead and good luck for the rest of the year for Chicago. Thank you very much, Leisha. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. See ya.